Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, guys. This is High Priestess. I'm Erin. This is my voice. And you are... And I'm Persephone. And this is my voice. This is my actual voice box. Gorgeous. And today we're going to be using our gorgeous voice boxes to discuss... Internalised misogyny. Nice. Let's get into it. We asked you some questions on the poll, on the story. Shall I dive in? Go on, dive right in, Erin. Well, there were some things that I wanted to call out, as usual. <laughs> so we found some discrepancies within your answers. But let's just hear them from the top, first of all, so we're all on the same page. First of all, shall we describe what internalised misogyny is? Absolutely. Take it away. If you don't know what internalised misogyny is, it's basically a patriarchal kind of system that's at work within our society that kind of privileges masculine traits over feminine traits and kind of assumes that men are more intelligent, men are funnier, men are just superior in every way and anything aligned with femininity is kind of um, stupid. If misogyny is the belief that men are superior, internalised misogyny is when you've internalised that belief and taken it on for yourself, even though you are yourself an inferior little girl. (laughs) Here we go. So I asked, growing up, you were more girly or more of a tomboy? And actually, it was a relatively even split, bit of a Brexit situation. Nice. Although... I mean, not nice. <laughs> yeah, quite awful. <laughs> like rock bottom. Hundreds of you said you were girly. Slightly more of you said you were a tomboy growing up. What did you say? Tomboy? I said tomboy. What did you say? Same, definitely more of a tomboy, although... I definitely had phases. Yeah, I think I was a tomboy basically until I hit puberty. And then I was kind of like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, what's yeah, all this? Yeah, completely. Um, do you have biases towards femininity? And then I put, i.e. you immediately assume a pretty woman to be dumb or sexualized, etc. Even if you later immediately correct yourself, do you have or have you had those biases? Surely 100%. Of the world, everyone. Well, not quite. It was it was almost well. It was fifty six percent of you said yes. It's interesting that one because the question isn't are you sexist? Like are you sexist? I can understand you saying no, but the question is essentially do you have internalized misogyny? And the answer for everyone is yes. If you've been raised under patriarchy, which we all have, mm. you do have these things from the characters you watch on TV to your friends to how you interact with any anyone. Definitely. Well, here's where I found the discrepancy. I'll get into it. So then the next question was, are you treated differently depending on if you present yourself to align with femininity? 91% of people said yes. There we go. Okay, there we go. Is your self-esteem stronger in moments where you're aligning with patriarchal beauty standards? 75% said yes. 
Have you ever identified as not like other girls? Nearly 80% of them said yes. So 80% of you have said, I'm not like other girls, and yet you don't have biases towards femininity. Do you not? So why don't you want to be feminine? Why don't you want to be seen as one of the feminine people? Why is that seen as a bad thing to do? Because life is just easier. Life is just so much easier if you present in the way that you're supposed to present. People are fucking insane liars. Stop lying on our polls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then they came in with their stories absolutely thick and fast with some of the most hilarious things I've ever read, some of the most horrific things I've ever read. And we're going to read some of our favourites because we can't go through them all. There's no way. And it's getting to the point now, it's really nice, but it's getting to the point where we cannot, we just can't get through them all. So we're going to just pick our faves. Well, some of our faves. Some of our faves, yeah. Okay, so you were a tomboy growing up and you got to puberty and things shifted. Can you explain? As in, you were a tomboy as a kid, like you liked Harry Potter and like using a stick to as a wand to like run around and say, expelliarmus. Yeah. And then you go through puberty and you want the boys to fancy you and you slip into... Femininity, yeah. Patriarchal standards, yeah, femininity. Well, I think it does just reach that age. Basically, as soon as your boobs start growing, it's like, okay, let's just place her in that camp now. So let's just put her there, and then she can be sexualised, and she can be... She can stop playing football, or whatever she does. I remember I was on the football team when I was, like, in, like, year four. I was the... uh, There were two girls, and I was so bad, like, horrifically bad. But then it's like, it's funny that in secondary school, as soon as you're you're seen as like a woman, mm. that would be like unspeakable for like a feminine girl to be in the boys team. football team. I definitely think, I mean, it's just obvious. As a child, everything's a lot more free, at least in your mind, even if not in the minds of your parents, or your teachers or the adults who are supervising you um, or mm. just experiencing your childhood. Definitely as a child, you feel more. And also as a child in the early 2000s, I reckon we did feel quite free to engage in whatever because there was definitely a tone of... Just in the early 2000s in the UK, it was very much like um, everything for the taking. For for kids like us, it was just everything's up for whatever. Like, not a big deal. Like, kind of, there's two girls kissing on top of the pops. Everything's multicultural. Do you think, though? I definitely didn't, didn't feel that. Well, that's the thing. I think even though the... Even though it goes without saying, even though there are issues and still are like beyond issues Mm. today and very much were in the late 90s and early 2000s, I think there was this pseudo, the zeitgeist of the early 2000s was very much like, look what we've done, like we've broken through, we're on the other side of the millennium. Like there's a tonal shift in the UK where you've come out of the Spice Girls and you're into. A, a ho- not only a new decade, a new a new time. But you've come out of the Spice Girls into being more oppressed than ever. Yes, but that it was almost it's almost Marxist. It's almost false class consciousness. It's almost yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, it is. It's everyone thinks they're free, but they're more enslaved than ever. Why do you think they were more enslaved after the Spice Girls than before? Or you just think they're just as? I'm not saying that it was as a result of the Spice Girls, but I'm saying that in the early two thousands, kind of that era of time, it was very much if I think about like femininity in that time if you think about femininity in the early 2000s or even like late 2000s I'm thinking of like the kind of real like x factor like kind of heavy heavy diet um sort of celebrity culture things were definitely different coming into the there's definitely a there's definitely a shift from where you see in the late 80s and throughout the 90s this kind of heroin chic vibe Kate Moss is everywhere. But I would say that continues. It definitely does, but it moves. Then you see, for example, Jerry Halliwell in a huge Union Jack 
in a tiny little skimpy thing with big boobs and they're all thin but it's a different vibe and you're moving away from the supermodel era of the 90s and into a kind of everyday woman which actually I think leads into the girl next door vibe yeah every film has this gorgeous kind of beachy waved white girl who is kind of super laid back and she goes to work on her bicycle and kind of writes in her journal and so and she's quote unquote not like other girls and she's not like other girls and she's relatable and personable and so there's been a shift in that she doesn't look like Kate Moss anymore but that doesn't necessarily mean that she's attainable and yet she's presented as attainable in the most classic way she's presented as kind of your everyday gal but I feel like she does look like Kate Moss she looks exactly the same she's just presented as um kind of like oh, I love a girl with an appetite, but still looks exactly like Kate Moss. Yeah, she's got a big cheeseburger in her hands. Well, but she, but the Kate Moss was very extreme. From the look that we have now that's kind of um, idealised as in the Kardashians' thick thighs look, and the 90s, completely different. But I think that has only just come in so recently. If you think that thigh gap doesn't feel that long ago. Definitely, but I think, I think that's undermining how dramatic the late 80s and and 90s were in the sense that there was no room for body fat on a woman's body in the media. I still don't think there's much. Well, there's not much, but it's a different... As you say, now it's a different shape. It's the Kardashian hourglass shape taken from a black woman. Yeah, stolen. And previous to that, in the early 2000s, you're kind of seeing Megan Fox. You're seeing what is presented as a more womanly or more feminine shape. And I'm not saying that it's getting better in any way. I'm saying the representation is different and it's and it's in the way that the 90s women um, were a symbol of manipulation towards women in a certain way. That manipulation is definitely still evident in the early 2000s, but it's totally different. It's kind of big sunglasses and wags and the a kind of new era, a low-rise skinny jean. Yeah, the aesthetic is different. It's a different vibe, but it's still just like straight-up oppression. Well, it, completely, but it's a different vibe because you can buy it on the high street. Your mate, it's Everything's changing. The consumerism is made for people on the streets so people are being targeted in a different way slowly reality tv starts coming in we start the what was once kind of the heralded queens of like of mass media i.e kate moss going back to you slip into spice girls then you slip into top of the pops and then you get to x factor where a kid that you went to school with is now at boot camp. So then things start to shift, and then now with social media, fucking hell. Well, then then it opens up for the Kylie Jenners. In no matter where you are within the Western world, I guess no matter when you are in the Western world, no. you're always being indoctrinated into some form of like patriarchal culture. Or like the ideal, even though the ideal changes, the fact that is an ideal of femininity is oppressive. Like the fact that now it might align more with like a more attainable body, as in being able to have some fat on your body. It still doesn't make that any less oppressive, I feel. The fact that there is an ideal. Completely. Yeah, there's a standard. I mean, now I think more than ever, women are told to look a certain way. I think now more than ever, every girl wants the same look. People want the same nose, the same mouth, the same eyebrows. Whereas even in the early 2000s, everyone had skinny brows, but your face could kind of look whichever way. And as long as your bum was small and your belly was small, 
your body could look whichever whatever which way you get what i mean i think now with social media obviously it's just crazier well everything's heightened because it this the idea of celebrities changed and that it's kind of equalized that now anyone can be a celebrity like if you have a phone you can be famous whereas it used to be simon cow needs to pick you and then you can be famous definitely and you can't avoid seeing it Mm. yeah exactly you don't pick up a magazine anymore you pick up the same thing that you use to text your friends phone your mum like any, everything and you're on it from the start of your day until the very last second until those eyes close yeah until those eyes close at night yeah 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 and you're just looking out at these pe- just these people that all look exactly the same an abundance of people who don't look like you and to be honest don't look like themselves either and then you want to say vote in a poll saying i don't have internalized misogyny it's like well what are your thoughts on these girls well because also those same girls that you're looking at you're not scrolling through thinking oh they're so smart even though they're making yeah. business moves in their emails even though they've been budgeting to afford that boob job right like no one is um there's a real disconnect with reality in so many ways. So do you think for you, in terms of you, that you have been... We, spe- we spoke about, about a bit about this in the last episode, that your teacher thought you were stupid because you're pretty. Have you felt... Yeah. Can you see that in your own life? Like this idea of femininity being aligned with stupidity. Can you see that in your... People thinking that of me? Or, or just me in, in, your, in your scope of life, both. Just in your life, like femininity being aligned with stupidity, a desire to like align yourself with masculinity, a desire to be like affirmed by like, oh, boys like what I'm doing, so that makes it better. Something that I love so much, and I know you love it too, is the monologue from Gone Girl. I was going to speak. I wrote about this in my dissertation. I love it that much. Yeah. It's so gorgeous. If you don't have the book to hand, pause this and go onto YouTube and type in Gone Girl, Cool Girl. I memorised two lines for this podcast. It's so gorgeous. Two of the lines are... (laughs) As for... (laughs) A select two. I actually may have got this wrong, but it's literally like... The two lines that I loved so much that I quoted in my dissertation were... It's like, I'm expected to chug beer whilst watching Adam Sandler movies and I'm also expected to eat burgers all night with the guys and remi- and remain a size two. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, can you not see the hypocrisy in this? I love a girl that can eat her fucking food, but also she must remain looking like she doesn't eat a, bu- eat a bite. Like, she must stay small. Yeah. Or, like, she's got to sit there and watch fucking shit Adam Sandler movies and laugh at shit male humour. To humour your ego. And that's what I think changed in the turn of the 2000s. That's interesting that you're placing it there. Like, I wouldn't really... There is a huge tonal shift, but I don't know if I would, like, place it on the turn of the century. I think it comes in that early, definitely, because there's a real shift. Women, I think, become aware of the supermodel era has gone on for long enough so that that has become established in its own right. And beyond that, the women are becoming aware of it. So if something goes on long enough, people become aware that it's happening, hopefully. And that definitely happened in the late 90s. People became aware that supermodels and the supermodel was not attainable for the everyday woman. And so in order to further capitalise in a way that they previously couldn't, you can make that your brand by being like, I'm just so crazy, I eat cheeseburgers all day, (laughs) 
I just got here on my skateboard, my chocolate milkshakes. <sighs> like, it's a crazy life. But there were definitely movies like this in the 90s. Like, Jane Austen has characters that are like that. And but it's, like, but um, it's not in the same way. It's not... What's her name? Um, Jordan Baker. I don't know who that is. Um, Great Gatsby. Is that her name? Jordan Baker. Who's the woman with the... Uh, she's um, the one that is with whatever his name is. Daisy Buchanan. No, no. Her friend. Her pal. Oh, I don't know. Because Daisy Buchanan is kind of the classic girl. The beautiful... Yeah, definitely. And then you have... I'm sure her name's Jordan Baker. It probably is. I don't know. And she's kind of this kind of kooky, quirky, super hot kind of crazy person and this is a long time ago this is Fitzgerald and yet yeah but like if you think about women that are desirable because they don't waste their time with petty girl drama it's like Elizabeth Bennett in like Pride and Prejudice is that character like her whole thing is like just dismissive of yes but she's not heralded by other women she's definitely loved but not in the same way like in the way that the cool girl in the Adam Sandler movies is I completely agree. Now it's it's different, but like this idea has been building for a long, long time. Definitely, but I think placing it within the early two thousands means it's consumed by the whole of the Western world, and so in a way that not everyone is reading classics, um, and if they are, they're not they're not necessarily there's no drawing them to that character necessarily but it's kind of they walked so she could run like it's like they completely yes like elizabeth bennett walked she strutted that runway baby or whatever that well, you always is. need you almost kind of always need like the antonym of the of the classic girl to show how perfect that classic girl is yeah, totally. It's almost like, well, Daisy Buchanan is so great because you had to have fucking Jordan Baker with her dark hair and her, like... Did she play tennis or something? I don't fucking know. It is ringing a bell. In the origins of Pick Me Twitter, if we're going from, like, Fitzgerald, for example, using kind of opposing women on spectrum but perfectly get along they're best friends but they're so different but they're both stunning they're both really attractive and men like them both but one is dangerous and one is perfectly perfectly exactly beautiful and safe and desirable yeah and she's also rich it's like mm, okay but exactly yeah <laughs> she's perfect in every way she's everything you'd ever want she's basically imagine an angel that just that completely but that moves a lot over a hundred years to get to a point where kids themselves completely yeah for example are projecting as the rizzo rather than the sandy and it's in a way because you're just choosing whatever you think would get you what you want easier or or in a more fun way because really no one picks Rizzo over Sandy because maybe yeah. because they like her more it's because I'm gonna get exactly what Sandy gets for being hot and pretty and cool but uh, but I kind of but I'll get it for, with more fun I don't have to be a fucking bore it's kind of wolf in sheep's clothing yeah you can be fun yeah well it's just a different it's just another way of getting in and you don't get look at me I'm Sandra D. So if we talk about, like, all these figures, like, who do you think is, like, the epitome of that, like, now? Is in, like, how that trope has, like, evolved of, like, the I'm not like other girls? Because I think it's, like, a Zoe Deschanel vibe. I've been watching New Girl recently, it's on Netflix, and she kind of just absolutely, to me, just reeks of that, like, pick me. I'm not like other girls. I'm quirky. Like, I do, like, sewing, but, and I live in a loft with three guys, four guys sometimes, and I'm the yeah. only girl. I'm a bit crazy, but they all fancy me. Like, I've got my long hair, that kind of vibe. But I was also thinking, because I think I have a bit of I'm not like other girls, or I definitely had a bit of an, whilst I was maybe at school, 
I think everyone does still have it now. Totally. I think, and I was trying to place where it came from. And I was like, I think a big, not a big influence, but something that I probably heard and was like, that's fucking cool, was Demi Lovato, La La Land, who says, I can't wear my Converse, Converse with, with my, my dress. dress. I'm not like other girls. Yeah, it's like, who said, I'm not one of those girls that wears heels. Like, I wear my Converse to the fucking Grammys. I don't know what she's going <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. To the Nickelodeon Choice Awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah completely i think that it's that kind of not like other girls but this is what i mean by like elizabeth bennett walked so she could run it's like i just march through fucking woodlands to get to the place and it's like also i wear my converse to the nickelodeon choice awards yeah the same thing yeah i'm so scrappy and scruffy but you still want to fuck me yeah but i'm still thin i I will go and get go and get a mcdonald's and i eat like some fries but i'm still stick thin and i still look great definitely you know who I immediately thought of and who I think mm. is the classic example and I actually think is really interesting almost case study of this mm. was what we all did to Jennifer Lawrence. Oh my God, yes, completely. She's falling at the Oscars. She's wacky, she's crazy, she's drunk. She's like, get me the pizza. She's having a whale of a time. She, yeah, where is the pizza? She's She's the cool girl. Yeah. And yet now... It's not cool to like Jennifer Lawrence because, so what is it? You can only be not like other girls for so long. There's a timeout, there's a buffer zone. You only get kind of five years. And I wonder if, I mean, if you don't know, Jennifer Lawrence is a successful actress. (laughs) You may have heard this small indie film. It's called The Hunger (laughs) Games, I believe. (laughs) She's an actress and she really had a strong persona of being... I mean, she was a young girl in her early 20s, reached quite crazy success at that young age, winning an Oscar at like 23, I think. Yeah. She's picking up her Oscar. She falls over on the stage. It's that kind of vibe. She's making jokes in every interview. Jimmy Kimmel's falling in love with her. Everyone's obsessed. She's a personable gal. Everyone's in love because it's, she's, her whole brand was, I'm clumsy relatable like everyday girl but you're not you're absolutely beautiful you're you look like a model complete well she was a model literally was a model before she was an actress and so i wonder then even if it's not just um a la taylor swift american whatever it's called americana america's americana where she's saying about how women only have x amount of time before everyone gets sick of them yeah and they become overexposed and you have no room to do anything because everybody hates you just because you claimed your space as a woman i wonder how much of it comes from that with jennifer lawrence in the sense it's like okay we're sick of you now you're not new and exciting there's another hot girl we can find that can make just as good jokes so move on please we're over you. And then also I wonder if it's the I'm not like other girls thing got old for people. Because people were angry. I think they're linked. Like, I think that's a really interesting bit from that documentary. So if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix, Taylor Swift's documentary, Miss Americana. Really interesting themes in that whole documentary of like femininity and success and the whole girl boss. And kind of this idea of being a good girl, like being good like, as, as a thing that women strive for, is just being like, you're a good girl, you're mm. a good person. So why do we strive to be that? Men don't have that pressure to be, like, virtuous. It is interesting. Even if you don't like her, you should watch. Someone that she... I don't know if she discusses her, but someone that came to mind for me when I was watching that bit where she says women have to reinvent themselves way more than men would be Katy Perry. Yeah. As someone that 
I mean, what I don't know what she's doing now. She's having a baby with Orlando Bloom. Is she? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm so happy for her. I didn't know. I didn't get the memo. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. She's still releasing music, but again, who's listening? And who do you think that's because of? Yeah. She definitely came up with the like I kissed a girl kind of I'm not like other girls vibe. Her first album was One of the Boys. There we her go. Her album was called One of the Boys. And it had a great song on it called one of the boys in which she said she wouldn't shave her legs and shit like that and then she came in to school after summer looking super hot and all of the boys fancied her but they were so confused because she was just one of the boys there we go like it's literally that but i definitely feel like she's had to reinvent herself like a countless amount of times and it's one where it's like some worked some didn't like the california Girl- california girls vibe worked so iconic but then she kind of had to reinvent herself again and again and again. It's like, okay, we don't... Or like Lady Gaga, it's like, you had to reinvent yourself there. Well, every female artist has to come in with a new era. Yeah, And completely. now we label it. Lady Gaga had to come in with the stripped back, like, Joanne vibe. It's like, yeah, okay, because we'd seen it all before. So Rihanna, every single album, Beyonce, everybody, every single album, every single phase, they have to shed, I think Taylor says, a new side of themselves, which is exciting and attractive, but not too attractive because it still has to be attainable. And men still have to like it. Men still have to give it a tick or it will never be successful. But I think that's a really interesting one of thinking about internalised misogyny and, like, um, I'm not like other girls thing because it's like... Why do, why do women have to go through all these changes? Even kind of Harry Styles. No. Harry Styles can always look like Harry. Harry Styles can always sound like Harry. He's evolved more than anyone. Well, he's evolved from One Direction, but no one's saying, new era, give us a new vibe, give us a new look, give us a new taste, give us a new sound. I think that's because I'm on Harry Styles' TikTok that I kind of... <laughs> I like, think Harry Styles is evolving, yes, but there's a difference between what we do to women in that they're not just supposed to evolve, they're supposed to shapeshift and become bigger and larger than life in every single instance versus Harry Styles can just make kind of slightly better music every time. And we absolutely love him. But he does have to... He does come in with new looks. I completely agree. He does, but he's the same guy. Not to undermine the whole thing, but Harry, like he... I mean, we love. Long hair Harry is different it's funny because i used harry styles as an example when i spoke about miss americana on the story this was ages ago i put up a story about miss americana or inspired by saying kind of about how women have to reinvent themselves and etc etc and got your guys's thoughts and you we were on the same page and even though harry styles is great no one is holding him to the same standard of like, well, you have to speak out about this marginalised group. Yeah, absolutely. You have to make sure you're doing this, but not that charity because they're unethical. There's a better one. You didn't do your research. And that's about the virtuous good thing. He doesn't need to see, seem virtuous. Like he already is doing enough by being good looking. He can say treat people with kindness and <laughs> we think he's an angel. And I do. Yeah. I think he's great. But it's there's, the yeah. bar is so low, yeah, as we say. Are we saying Harry Styles is a scrappy dappy do? <laughs> no, that's the thing. I do think he's kind of the best of a bunch. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> he's the best. He's what we've got to work with, and I think it's it's good. He really is the best of a bad bunch. Like, yeah, the but premium, I don't premium. think obviously men are held to the same standards. I, I think you'd be a fool to say they were. Like if you're listening to this and going, "Hang on a second. Like, Harry Styles was attacked once because he did X, Y, and Z, but was he really? And the only ways I think that Harry Styles hasn't been taken seriously in his industry, or given the credit that the credit was due, is because the large majority of his fan base is young women, and so that, in turn, discredits his work. Completely. Because young women and the taste of young women isn't 
valid. Completely. Because it's not desirable to be liked by a bunch of young girls. It's seen as stupid. By a bunch of teenage girls, even though One Direction was essentially uh, chemically completely orchestrated from the beginning to its very end, I would say, to scientifically induce absolute adoration from young girls. And oh, how they succeeded. So you created this to happen. Don't be fucking annoyed and confused when the girls are screaming at the concert. Who do you think that's because of? Simon. Good old Simon Cow. He knows what he's doing, that guy. And he's not worried about being a good guy. Oh, and I love him. Everyone. And, he, and he's loved. And he's universally loved, kind of. <laughs> and hated. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Down the bottom of my garden, there's a school. Like, my, my old primary school is attached to the end of my mm-hmm. garden confusing situation but (laughs) so I I feel like if you're in the UK you'll get that yeah yeah I'm one of the pals at the bottom of the school field you might know the ones yeah yeah that you would run up to and kind of throw sticks at and like well that's what I get all day I've been on the phone to Erin before she's like why are you with a load of kids it's like no they just hang out down there (laughs) kind of a bunch of fairies yeah but yesterday I was sitting down the bottom of my garden and I heard the kids all playing at the bottom of the thing and they were like I'm gonna be Simon you're gonna be the old woman what's the old woman name old woman's name oh her name's cheryl and i was like cheryl seen as an old woman i couldn't believe it how crazy is that simon and one was like i'm alicia i'm alicia it was like really cute but i thought it was hilarious that simon who is significantly older than cheryl cole is seen as simon and cheryl cole is seen as that old woman i can't remember her name and some other kid goes oh it's cheryl and she goes, yeah, wow. Cheryl. How interesting is that? Cheryl Cole. That's why I think discourse is so damaging mm. because the reason I think largely that children will think Cheryl Cole is an old woman is because she had a baby with another One Direction <laughs> star, Liam Payne. Hey guys, this episode is on One Direction. And everyone's like, she's too old for him. She's so gross, blah, blah, blah. And in the way that Cheryl Cole had been attacked in the media in many different ways over the years, I think that was, she really took a brunt 
at that point because it's a whole getting attacked by one direction yeah. fans is a whole nother level you can have paparazzi outside your door in kind of 2004 and it's troubling when your husband has cheated on you but bloody hell i don't think you know pain liam Payne, like you do until yeah, yeah. you've met liam honestly the liam Payne when the kids are tweeting you saying you're ugly and old Speaking of that, that is quite reminiscent of what happened to Caroline Flack. Completely. She wasn't seen as an, well, she was an older woman dating Harry Styles, Mm. a member, the Harry Styles himself. Well, he was underage. He was underage, but how many times has that happened the reverse? And the, and the the man completely gets away with it. You know who I think is a, another good example of that? Mm. Jeffrey Epstein. Go in. Just in the sense that I really do think the only person who could get away with what Jeffrey Epstein did for as long as he did is mm-hmm. a white Jeffrey man like yeah. Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Give it to a woman, it's never going to work. Give it to a black person, it's never going to work. It has to be... It has to be him. It has to be that you are in a position of unquestionable power. You're rich and you're white and you're a man. Even to get yourself, to Jay Gatsby yourself into that position of power is a white man kind of thing. It's kind of that YouTuber. Which YouTuber? What's his name? The one who like steal, he like thieves his way into like expensive hotels. I'm not outing his name. No, Simon. no, we're not outing Simon. Oh. oh, no, we can... But he's a good guy. Let's do Ali Law. He's gross. Yeah, but it's the same vibe. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm just saying Simon Wilson gets away with... We can say... Keep that whole thing, I think. Okay, let's do Simon Wilson. Keep the whole thing, it's funny. Well, let's explain then. So there's a YouTuber that I really love and my whole family kind of love and now Erin really loves. His <laughs> name is Simon Wilson. You should go and find him. He basically does quite hilarious things where he'll go... He's like this Welsh kind of bloke, like white bloke. You've really got a big old smile on your face. I like, really just love his... <laughs> like, it's true love. Do you know what I do? I, I love his work. <laughs> what he does is he does kind of London to Monaco on no money, like living in London on zero pounds. Zero money. Zero money. And he kind of does loads of... St- I just love to watch it because I love, I love to watch a scam go on. But he operates with a very specific amount of privilege of being like the nice bloke, the nice bloke that goes into like McDonald's and goes, all right, mate, I, oh, I ordered a Big Mac, but I didn't get any fries with it. And they're like, oh, don't worry, here you go. And they just give it to him because he operates in this really specific bit of privilege that's really just like allows him to get away with anything by just being a bit of a working class white bloke mm-hmm. so you should go and watch simon wilson because he's the best <laughs> why did i bring him up oh because i was saying white men get away with murder because <laughs> he's jeffrey epstein <laughs> honestly and boy do they mm. but just in the sense that a million and one people saw jeffrey epstein hauled at kind of 50 years old mm. waltzing around with a load of kind of 14 year old girls and no one says anything. They kind of go home and say, like, I think I think this guy that I've seen is, like, a bit dodgy. They're massaging him. But they don't do anything about... No one says a word. Oh, honestly, we give a white man the world. And they take even more. It is... Well, completely. You give a white man a world and then get confused when they demand the universe. I also think what's really interesting with, like, I'm not like other girls or, like, internalised misogyny is in terms of comedy... Of men being like, mm. women just aren't funny. A lot of you said that on the story. It's interesting, isn't it? It's like, no, it's because that industry is monopolised by men. And we laugh at a man putting a wig on of a girl and going, na, 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 na. Whereas a girl <laughs> doing that isn't funny because it's like, no. why is that funny? Female comedians get told that they just say vagina all the time. When what are men joking about? I would love to know. Yeah. Penises. 
So why does it not work for a woman? It works only because men find other men funny, because men have been laughing in their living rooms with other men at the expense of everybody who doesn't look like them. And when women say, oh, this comedian is funny, this female comedian right here, she's funny. Everyone goes, oh, she's a woman. No, like she's just, it, that's for women then. She's not That's funny. a woman's thing. I remember I was telling my, my brother about Fleabag. I was like, you will love Fleabag. It's really funny. Oh, I can't wait to watch Fleabag. It's, um, it's stunning. It's so, so, so good. And he was like, oh that that's like that woman thing though it's for women it's like why is it why is when there are funny when there's a funny man it's for everyone mm-hmm. when there's a funny woman it's for women what do you mean i think not even just comedy i say that every well a lot of films that jack and i would watch together i would honestly say i would literally say during the film if this was a woman as the lead we wouldn't have come to see this completely because a man's story is just a story it's universal a woman's story is only for women Because being a man is the default experience of the human race. In the same way that in the early 2000s, I think I've said this on the podcast before, I said to my mum, so I would have been like young, early 2000s, I was like between the ages of five and 10. I think even 10 is too old. I was obsessed with Will Smith. Still am, we have the same birthday, teehee. Oh my God, Libra King. (laughs) Cute. And I remember talking to my mum about how racism was still a thing. And she said to me that, for the foreseeable future, there will not be a starring role for a black person because they will always choose the white person. Even if it's a white woman, they'll always choose a white person. The black, the, There would never be a film where the stars are black because they won't be given that space. Because they won't be given that space. And I said, but what about Will Smith? And she said, well, that's the exception. And even though now, obviously, thank God, more and more films are being made and hopefully things are slowly, slowly changing, hopefully. You can be aware of that in the early 2000s. White men are everywhere. They've pervaded every realm of society from the ground up. Not only are they the working class, they own it. And that doesn't change overnight. That doesn't change just by putting Will Smith in the star because the whole production company is all white. The casting director is still white. The people writing the script are still white. So just because you have a lucky guy, Will Smith, oh my God, amazing what he's done. And true, yeah, he's, I love him. But just, and it's the same thing of just because you've now got a woman in the staff room, just because a woman is now on your boardroom doesn't mean that your company is not sexist. This is exactly the Taylor Swift thing. In Taylor Swift documentary, she's trying to push... Basically, there's a governor that's trying to pass like an anti-abortion law or something like that. It was something incredibly sexist. Yeah. And she's fighting against that. And she's saying to her management, I need to fight for this. Like, this is really important to me. I need to fight for this. And it's a load of white men sitting there, like, kind of in their, like, big collar shirts, like, arms folded. Like, <laughs> no, you're not going to speak about this. Like, the sales will go down. Mm. And it's so funny that she is bringing in all of their money. She is the money maker in this thing. But yet she, she, her decisions, her political actions still have to go through and be signed off by a load of men, load of white men. By a load of white men. And also another thing I found interesting about that was that I believe one of them is her dad. He very much is coming from the perspective of every day we receive credible death threats against your life. You speak out about something that your largely white audience will disagree with. Are you dead tomorrow? Is this a threat to your safety? And so here we are. If Taylor Swift, as a white, privileged, like rich, powerful white woman, is having her life threatened, potentially going to die for speaking up, what does that mean for the everyday woman, the everyday marginalised woman, the everyday queer woman? 
walking down the streets. If Taylor Swift can't for. speak, we're absolutely done for. And so how could we at any point in 2020 still say, I don't have internalised misogyny? You do, because you know what it means to be a woman. Every womanly move you make puts you at some risk. Even if it's what you were essentially born to do, quote unquote, even if it's having a baby, you still might lose your job. You're still going to get critiqued about your weight. It's a weird thing then because you're getting privileged for, so for example, doing a womanly thing, um, putting on a dress, wearing a dress rather than jeans. You get the privileges of wearing mm. a dress, but you're also going to get more threatened because you're going to get wolf whistled and, oh, get your tits out when you walk down the street. Yeah, you're going to get raped. And obviously that comes down to the rapist, but not the dress. But Completely, but it's 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 the same thing, though. It's like, I may get the job that I want because I'm wearing this dress, but I also might get attacked by my boss because I'm appearing feminine and he fa- fancies me. Yeah. And then I can't report it and then what? I just live yeah. with a sexual predator for the next 10 years that I have this job. And that's how I think we evolve from the classics to 2020 in the sense that over time, women will find, in a way, it's resourceful. Over time, women will find more and more ways to make their lives easier. And in some ways, that means adopting femininity. And in some experiences, it means rejecting it. And it's about, I think, um, like hedging your bets as to in what situation you're going to do better. Yeah. In some, it might be putting on your dress and keeping quiet. And in others, it might be going to a fucking football match and drinking beer. Both equally as valid. Should we do... I feel like we should do some people's questions. So going through the questions, I just saw a recurring word that keep that keeps coming up. And that was basic. Like people keep telling me I'm basic or I always get aligned with being basic. And I think that is such an interesting word. It's like, are you just calling me stupid? Oh, go on. Are you saying I'm pretty and therefore I'm stupid? Ah, okay, I get you, get you. I think when people say you're basic, it means you look like a stupid girl. You look like a girl. (laughs) Therefore, you're dumb. You're a dumbo. You look like the other girls that I've seen. Therefore, you're basic. You're not even worth me. You're not worth the time of day because I already know that you fit exactly with the other girls that I've seen out and about. Or you're a gal. I've heard that one quite a lot. I was going to say, Gally. It's like, don't be jealous. Just because you think someone's prettier than you, don't be fucking jealous. Oh, so you think I'm stupid. You think you think because I straighten my hair and that I would wear a little, tiny little skirt that I'm a stupid person. And I've said it before in episodes, like, okay, well, watch us all run intellectual rings about around you. Well, I'm less valid than you. Watch me talk about Marxism. So someone who looks good is less valid. Interesting. The internalised misogyny jumps out. Jumping. Here we go. Jumping out of the misogyny pond. So how would you feel if I said to you, you're really basic? Imagine (laughs) I said that to you, fucking hell, cancel me. Well, it is, because I've got internalised misogyny. It goes, why do you think I'm basic? Like, what does that mean? Well, even you and I have had conversations about, now I, I, maybe I'm exposing you here, I don't know. I love to be exposed, especially on this podcast. Where else am I going to be exposed? Love it. But now I think you're on the other side of it. Yeah, exactly. Where else? No place better. No place like home. (laughs) Definitely, even with higher, I remember being like, it just can't be a girly thing. This can't be girly. And now I'm like, right, I'm going to chuck some pink on it and see how you feel about that. Well, I also, I this is what's funny about it. Pink is essentially my favourite colour. Like purple and pink are my favourite colours. But I definitely have a bit of a like, oh, don't wear, don't wear pink. Like, oh my God, don't wear pink. I saw someone literally said that. Let me read it. Yeah, we've had quite a lot about pink. Pink is a stunning colour, but for some reason we're all scared of it. An irrational fear of pink because I feel like it made me look weak. And I can relate completely. Can you relate to that? 
As in, if I, if you were going to wear a big pink dress with pink shoes and a pink bag, it's like, okay, I look like I'm in that film. What's it called? Legally Blonde. I think I have a quite a niche experience and I think it just comes from... It's just never been my worry. I think because early on, I... Because I fit in with exactly what people would want a girl to look like, I have also I can slip into being a tomboy at five years old in the same way that I can be super girly and just never be worried I in a way but I think that's really unique I think it is really unique because also I think but it's unique because similarly I can slip into being any masculinity or femininity but it's just I still would have reservations about aligning myself so closely with femininity I think I have I think my confidence in I think I have a confidence in being girly that I've had since literally since I can remember since being really really young like early 2000s because I was watching Bend It like Beckham stunning and Harry Potter so stunning and also I could be really girly like I and I think also I I felt the power in exploiting femininity and capitalizing on a look from a young age because probably also because I had the security of knowing that my parents were going to be told I was the smartest in the room and so it was a, I'm, it's a privileged position. It, it was a luxury and it, it, there was just no fear because as I've said to you before, the only thing I love more than proving myself right is proving others wrong. And it's like, oh, you, if you thought I was dumb, joke's on you. Like, sorry, I'm not. Like, oops. Like, no, like I'm in pink and I'm smart. I've never, I, I think I just have never, ever worried about being girly if I wanted to be girly that day I just would enjoy it I I actually think it's one thing I'm so confident in is my femininity and simultaneously the ways that I'm a tomboy well I would agree like I completely agree that intelligence has never been questioned for me but I think recently Mm. my intelligence has been not called into question, but as in, you're not living up to how intelligent we know you are because mm. you appear more feminine. Yeah, you've essentially been told you're too pretty these days. I didn't see you doing this, you're too pretty these days. I thought you were going to be like writing, I thought you were going to be doing something super bureaucratic. Kind of just locked in a room, kind of writing a... With a load of papers. Yeah. It's really difficult also because there are contexts that... So I'm just going to fill the whole context here. Not the whole context, some of the context, the appropriate context I can feel. Throughout my life, there's been an expectation because I've been kind of in the top set and kind of more aligned with traditional masculinity, as in, as we said this in the last episode, as in like very strict with my opinions and potentially a not like other girls kind of vibe that either has been pushed onto me or that I have put out into the world. And I think very recently, especially, or within the last like few months, I'd say six months, there's been a kind of energy around me that's like people being sort of like, so when did you become so basic? When did you become this? Um, especially with the with us doing higher, which focuses on like female issues, there's an energy of like, we thought you'd be doing something different. It's like, wait, no, you thought I'd be doing something masculine. That's what you mean. You thought I'd be quiet, is what you thought. You thought I'd be quiet. You thought I'd be doing a kind of masculine old job you wanted me in a theatre you wanted me doing some kind of writing thing I fucking love that shit but I at the moment I'm focusing on women's issues and people have an issue people have an issue with it yeah they do and you know why internalized misogyny but I think it's because it aligns itself not only with femininity but we run a very aesthetic stunning page run by two 
stunning gals and people have an <laughs> issue with it because it's like but we didn't see this for you and it's almost like oh look what do you want me to do what do you want me to do you want me to hide in a cave well also it's like listen i'm not gonna hold your hand while you figure out your own internalized misogyny i'm not gonna hold your hand while you figure out your own issues with the patriarchy and how you've let a societal construct dictate what you do and what you think is valid for a woman that sounds like a you problem this really has nothing to do with me and how amazing I am and the ways that I can exploit and capitalise and yeah. slip into whatever the fuck I want. You should keep your fucking mouth shut. Well, it's definitely something that we've faced for a long time with Hire, and I've definitely been saying to you, people have an issue because they hate femininity. That's where the majority of people's issues lie. My relationship with my own femininity is not like, uh, I don't feel oppressed in it. So then when it's like, okay, so I'm wearing a dress or I'm wearing... I've got my hair straight and I've got a load of fucking mascara on. People are like, oh my God, but you're stupid now. We didn't get the memo. It's like, no, you just didn't get the big memo. I have been so shocked in the past like three years, I think, past few years of my life, my early 20s, of how far everyone was from my understanding as like a kid. I just had no idea that people hated women that much in my naivety. I really thought yeah. we were a little bit further along. I think I definitely had that shock when I came back out of uni because when I went to uni, I knew the world was sexist. I'd been amongst I'd been amongst sexist people in my life. Mm. Went to uni, did all my learning, and then came back out and realised not everyone did that learning. As in, not everyone yes. was doing that. Like, everyone else was getting mm. on with other stuff. Like, fair, completely fair. But I was like, oh, God, I thought... Yeah. But I thought that was a global shift. Well, even back in secondary school. Oh, oops. I thought everyone was having those conversations. They weren't. <laughs> I think something else that I think is really interesting in that specific one that I read out about how... An irrational fear of pink, because I feel like it will make me look weak. I think the tie of femininity and weakness is something you can shed a lot of light on. More relatable than anything you could have possibly written. So thank you for yeah. every single person that wrote that. Like, it's yeah. so fucking difficult as a woman that identifies as like a strong fucking person, but then your body's like a weak up thing. Like, it's kind <laughs> of like, it's funny when you identify in your mind as so fucking strong and then you step out into the world and you're being told by everyone, can be a, you're physically oppressed like you get people shout at you you're right babe on the street and things like that mm. it's like oh, okay so i mean that's it i think i definitely have a preoccupation a preoccupation with weakness so that's why i think a lot of i think a lot of people are similar to you and in the way that we attribute weakness immediately to femininity means that anything you see as feminine becomes bad and so of course we all don't want to be feminine I'm not saying so black and white we don't want to be feminine, but you guys get what I mean. That there is an internalised patriarchal sense of rejecting femininity. I'm not a feminist. I'm not like one of those feminists. Obviously, I just think people should be equal. I'm not fem I'm not like a feminist or anything, don't worry. Fuck off. I can't bear that. Is this 2011? Fuck off. Like, don't worry. Oh my God, I'm not one of those crazy feminists that thinks we're equal. Shut your fucking dumb mouth <laughs> and leave, leave this space. I also think, I just want to pick up on something you said, like, literally probably 10 minutes ago, but you mentioned Bend It Like Beckham, oh, so which iconic. I think is the perfect example of a film that is about women that express societally masculine traits, but it's not in a not-like-other-girls way because it's written and directed by a woman. 
Yeah. It's like, it's not this, like, you know the trope, like, a manic pixie dream girl? Exactly. Which is the Zoe Deschanel kind of um, eternal sunshine of a spotless mind. Yeah, we haven't even touched on that. Fuck. That I mean, that's a whole thing in itself. Maybe we could do a whole other episode on that. I would love to do an episode on manic pixie dream girls. It's like a film filmic trope i'd say of a kind of the girl that's written by a man has no desires or interest in her own and is just like has kind of pink hair there's a million and one exactly yeah a million and one memes of this she's quite disturbed and like but she's just she was beautiful but she didn't know it yet she just wants to be loved by you the only man that would ever love her the unattractive overweight early 30s unsuccessful living at home man in her life yeah she's pretty but she doesn't know it that kind of thing exactly yeah it's that and she kind of wears... Lit- she's It's Zoe Deschanel. She was beautiful in an unconventional way. Yeah, literally Shut that. the fuck up. She wouldn't listen to rock music. Shut the she doesn't like up. pop music. It's like, what's going on here? She has a skateboard. Oh, She ran around in her underwear and a big baggy t-shirt <laughs> with her headphones <laughs> blasting music. She roll- She has, like, rollerblades as well. Like, she, like, rollerblades around <laughs> town. Oh, yeah, she's she's got no friends. She has no interests. Because she sounds like a fucking cunt. Who would want to be friends with that? Also, she doesn't exist. She's a male <laughs> fucking figment of the male fucking ego and imagination. Also, when they think they're doing women a favour. Yeah, they think, oh, wow, okay. Brilliant. They think they're doing a good thing. They think they're being representative by talking about women in that way. Yeah. They think they're doing women a favour. Totally. And I think there's a bit of all of us that kind of wants to be that manic pixie dream girl. Like, oh, I want to be that mysterious the girl. with five colours in her hair. I just roll a blade around town, man. Fuck off. Oh my God, totally. Just be happy with who you are. God, you're, you're going to live in misery. It's so bad. You're that- actually going to live in misery. Fuck. Like, I'm worried for you. <laughs> so fucking true. Like, you really are. There's a really good film that's about this. I can't remember what the film is, but it's, it's I think it's written by Zoe Kazan, if you know her. What the fuck is the name of the film? Let me just find it. Um, And it's got her husband in. Zoe Kazan film and Paul Dano film. Loud keyboards. Ruby Sparks, that's what it's called. And it's about a man that writes... He's he's a writer. It's kind of a satirical film. It's written by Zoe Kazan. It's called Ruby Sparks. And it's really funny. He, this man is like a writer. He's like, goes to his therapist every day. He's in his head. He writes this female it. character and she comes to life. But it's like, she's like this kind of kooky girl. But then she develops from being alive, develops her own like autonomy and like leaves him. Amazing. It's really good. But I think you speaking about Bendit like Beckham is just shows the difference when a female writer mm. is writing about women who enjoy sports mm-hmm. it's just about women who enjoy sports they're still women <laughs> they still have their own interests they still have friendships and family and personal dilemmas and all of these things and they're not just oh i just play fucking football and i just don't like any other people it's like no you're just a woman that enjoys sports that's not your whole personality it's so good i mean the film's not perfect but i actually think it's a really good representation of the uk in the early 2000s and that it's brilliant that atmosphere there's definitely an air of uh, there's something very peculiar about that time so particular i think that film is amazing like i really really love that film i think it's really i mean there are obviously dated elements yeah but i think it's absolutely iconic I just think there's a huge difference. You can tell a huge difference between the fucking... A, a woman that's written by a woman and a woman that's written by a man. You can immediately tell. You can immediately tell. Well, it's like mentioning Fleabag. It's like, okay, there can be Fleabag or there can be... Kind of everyone. Well, the, the you can tell by thinking, do I like this? 
yes or no. If it's a no, it didn't come from a woman. Does this feel like a human? Literally. Does this feel like a human or a robot? It is hilarious. Definitely. Oh my God, I thought this one was really interesting. <laughs> didn't give us a lot of info, but I, I would love to I would love to hear about it from from you and I would just love to discuss. Okay. So this person said hated so blah blah blah. The question was <laughs> have you experienced or witnessed internalized misogyny? And I thought this was so good or just so interesting. And no one else said it that I saw, but I just thought it was a classic example. I hated that they were making the 13th Doctor Who a woman. Oh wow. Oh my God. Okay, so if you don't know Doctor Who it's a real British classic, cult classic. Are there people that don't know what Doctor Who is? Yeah, my, yeah, for my sure. God, wow. You don't know David Tennant? Tennant? Christopher Eccleston? Oh my God. You don't know Billy Piper? Goodness. Oh, well, she's kind of a not like other girls girl. I loved Billy Piper. There we go. Well, so anyway, Doctor Who is kind of this time travelling... He's a time lord. <laughs> <laughs> Time Lord. Time Lord. And he travels the universe in his phone box, (laughs) in his TARDIS. Um, And he kind of picks up like hot girls on the way, basically. No, only is he a Time Lord, he's the last Time Lord. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, he's the last of his kind. kind He travels in time, (laughs) he saves the world, he like finds a sidekick or two, typically like a hot gal. Um, Really, really cool guy. And he shapeshifts. He has, what are they called? He can kind of reincarnate every... Yeah, there's a certain word, right? I don't know, it's been years. There's a particular word they use in the series, but I guess we're not that... (laughs) We're not as well-versed in Doctor Who as we once were. We're not... Do you know what they call themselves? Whovians. Literally that, yeah. I once sat next to a girl in a lesson who said, I'm a Whovian. And I was like, what's a (laughs) Whovian? Oh my God. Well, she was not like other girls, (laughs) for sure. sure. I thought it was like a Dr. Seuss thing. So basically, the Time Lord, basically, every so often, when they want to reinvent the series, they'll sack off the actor and they'll find a new one. And since, I don't know when Doctor Who came out, the 60s? the 60s, Yeah. yeah. We must be right if we both think it. Kind of with the classic time. Looks like a bad TV. Definitely the 60s. It's like all these old, like, British white male actors. And he can completely reincarnate, essentially, so that a new actor can play him and give the series a new lease of life. And it actually had a resurgence in the early 2000s, which is why you and I are familiar with it, as in the way that we are. Um, And they revised it and rebooted it. When was this? 2016, maybe? 2017? Was that a reboot? Well, it's it's just the new series. Because it was that... Was it that Matt Smith? No, Matt Smith was 2010. No, it was that other guy, the old Peter Capaldi. Then and they had then, him. Yeah. Now they have the woman. I don't even know the woman's name. Jodie Whittaker. Right. She's amazing. I haven't seen it. Oh my God, she's amazing. Well, I haven't seen it, but... Have you watched no. it? No. See, but I love her. Well, obviously not enough because you haven't watched it. But I didn't watch the I didn't watch the first two. I loved... I actually thought the other day I was watching Broadchurch and I thought I would call my child Jodie after this woman. Oh, she's in Broadchurch. She's amazing well i do need to watch that well anyway i just thought this was a really good comment hated that they were making the 13th doctor a woman it's like yeah of course so basically the hoo-ha was the scandal was the whovians hoo-ha in the uk that isn't racist and it isn't sexist and it's so perfect boring 
um, that everyone was like, they can't make it a woman because it's always been a man. Like, why would he, he can shapeshift, not into a different fucking sex, and all of this. And then people were like, you know, I don't care if they make it a woman, but like, why do we have to put women in everything? You know, yeah. we don't have to be inclusive in everything. Like, I saw a lot of this. Fine, I, I'm not fast. I don't care that it's a woman. I just think, God, we don't have to make everything inclusive. Yeah, a lot of it was... Oh, not that I care, like, but we don't have, they don't have to be in everything. They don't need to be in every single thing. It's like, well, women don't need to be in everything. Exactly. Are you mad? It's like, it's kind of like... It's like, but a woman made you. I find that so strange. It's like... You're only here because of a woman. Women are everything. Women are everything. You will never escape us. <laughs> but it's just sort of like, why would a woman not have to be in everything? Are you fucking nuts? Completely. When it's been a, a white man since the 60s, is our <laughs> guess. I'm just like, uninformed <laughs> arguments here. When it's been a white man for so long, why would it not goodness me, in 2020, be a woman. It's like the fact that you have such a deep-rooted sense that but women can do it because they're stupid and it's not interesting, they're not funny, they're not entertaining. You hate them. You hate us. You hate women. Well, what's the point? What's the point? Blah, blah, blah. What's the point? You don't want to see them on your screen. You don't find them entertaining. You don't find them intelligent. You don't find them funny. You just think they're nice to look at. Just say you hate women and go. Why is it unrealistic for a woman to be smart as this character is, and good as this character is, when she also has a fucking supersonic screwdriver that she uses as a weapon to gauge her time fucking travel. For goodness sake. Do you know what's fascinating about this? So, do you, are you familiar with Sarah Jane? Sarah Jane Adventures. I am. So, Doctor Who, back in, I'd say, the 80s, I don't know the days, yeah. he had a sidekick called Sarah Jane. They revived her story with the Sarah Jane Adventures that was on CBBC. That was a whole other thing. It was kind of a spin-off. But she... So the Doctor... I don't know why we're such big fans <laughs> spin-off. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> yeah, the completely. Doctor, doctor Who has a sonic screwdriver. Sarah Jane, showing misogyny in every way, has a sonic lipstick. Can you believe? Can you believe? Guys. Can you fucking believe? I mean, it says it all. Don't tell me you think we're not dumb. You think we're so dumb. He has a screwdriver. He just does that all day. Twist a little screwdriver. He Half the time he doesn't know how to fucking use it. Half the time it doesn't work. She has a lipstick. Do you want to just call me dumb and leave? Like, seriously, I can't bear it. So also then there will be a part of that, that as a child, you're watching that on CBBC, consuming that. And as you've always known... That the doctor has a supersonic, a supersonic. I don't think it's sonic. Is it? It's just sonic. <laughs> sonic. I think it's supersonic. <laughs> super, super, supersonic screwdriver. <laughs> so the doctor dumb. has always had a sonic screwdriver. You now see a woman, and she doesn't get to have the classic part of of the role. And so you think, why do I have to miss out? And so then you think, okay, well, what ways can I lean into things? What parts of myself can I shed and reject so that I can easier fit into the spaces where? I will be given the screwdriver and not the shitty second option. It's like, why when I could have a screwdriver that does shit, it's kind of like, oh, what do men have in their bags? Men have tools, they do stuff, they make stuff. What do women do? Oh, they just make themselves look pretty. It's like, you fucking joking, give me the screwdriver right now. And even though a sonic lipstick is way miles cooler than a sonic screwdriver, it's the fact that the sonic screwdriver is the default. It represents, maybe it represents so much. Yes. It represents action. It represents like doing, making, creating stuff. Lipstick represents the male gaze. Patriarchal standards of beauty, completely. Yeah, it's like, think about what the objects you've given a man and a woman. Yeah, completely. 
But then I also think there's there the... There we lo- go. And the second that a woman steps into a role of power, everyone hates her. Completely. Then I also think there's the second lens, the second element of not only do these items have very glaringly obvious connotations, but beyond that, why does everything... Why is a woman's experience not the default? Why is a man's experience only valid? Why is that the only experience that is good? Or the only stories that need to be told? I thought, I thought, I was going to say this earlier, and I thought this is a really interesting bit of language, but I saw this. I was just doing some reading, as I do, um, as we all do. <laughs> Women read, you know? And, and they had written, they'd written the word he, and then in brackets they put, I am only using the word he to denote both male and female experiences, but I'm using he as a default. And it's like... <laughs> If you were using he, you do know he is gendered. Like, you can't use that to denote male and female experience. Like, why the fuck did you not just write they, you moron? Well, also, it's like, yeah, take away the brackets because that goes without saying because I completely agree with you. He is the default. Yeah, completely. But you shouldn't be sustaining that. Yeah, but I just thought it was a crazy thing to write. Like, that's insane. It was really, it was on the defence. It was like, he, and by the way, I'm using he as an inclusive term. It's like, no, you're not. Don't say you're not. That's Don't so say you're bizarre. using that as inclusive. Just write the word they. Do you, are you aware that word exists? That is so bizarre. But it was almost like written like, and for all those mad feminists that are going to yeah. come to me, I'm using he as to mean he and she. It's like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Fucking Doesn't hell. make any sense. Do you see sense? how dumb men are? And yet women are apparently the dumb ones. Literally. It's like me writing, oh, so the table. By the way, I'm using the word table to mean table and chair. It's like, no, you weren't though. So stupid. Fucking God, that's depressing. That's bleak. So this has been an interesting episode. A lot of Doctor Who has come up. Who would have thought it? Yeah, I absolutely loved it, though. I mean, I feel like we've gone through everything. Bennett, like, Beckham, like, what? We've gone through everything and, and yet also nothing. <laughs> I know, this really didn't take the t- take the course that I envisioned, but I'm really happy that it took a different turn. Same here. I, I, um, I feel uh, like a better person after having that conversation. My life feels more whole and enriched. I've been truly enriched by this combo, yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, it, it goes without saying. I feel it every week. Do you? Oh, mostly. I usually feel quite drained. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> after I drain you of everything. I often feel like, did I express anything? Did I say anything right? Oh, completely. And the answer when I edit is absolutely no, no you did not. <laughs> you <laughs> did not. Know. Trust that gut feeling. You didn't say anything <laughs> you wanted to say. So, yeah, thank you, everyone. Yeah, thanks for your messages. I'm so sorry that we couldn't go through more. If we do another episode, well, I mean, we will do another episode, but if we do another episode on (laughs) the similar themes, then we will use more of your honestly amazing and hilarious insight. And we will go through and literally read them all. We do do go through and read them all. Yeah, we do. Today, we just could not go through them all. There were, t- there were so many. And there's a lot of thoughts. I think it shows there's a lot of thoughts because this conversation felt quite chaotic. But it flowed. It was good. Yeah. It flowed like one big tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> like the patriarchy washing over me. And terrifying. So go and question your internalised misogyny. I'm questioning why you haven't left us a review on Apple. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm questioning. That was an hour of three convos. <laughs> 
and we're happy for it to be free we love giving it we love the chat but please 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 go give us a review because we absolutely live for the reviews it's like i didn't want to have to ask but you've left us no choice (laughs) genuinely so please go leave us a review and share this to your story go tell your friends about us we love getting messages saying that you send this to your friends that makes me so happy yeah i mean honestly everything you guys do makes me happy i've got a big old smile on my face just thinking about you anything you guys tell me (laughs) i'm in um so thank you guys so so much as always we absolutely adore you adore j'adore like kind of in tears <laughs> like I gotta also go. good news Seppi now has animal crossing so i'm about to end this podcast real quick and go and visit her island oh yeah erin's coming over to my island right now and it's called do you want to know the name well maybe you should reveal it in the next episode at the beginning okay okay island island name revealed next episode ah, can't wait Ooh, stay tuned okay cool if anyone wants to come to our island let us know we might do a giveaway a giveaway of visits <laughs> I just organised no. a whole business By the way, we're giving away a free switch oh shit £2 a ticket word vomit okay cool okay speech later guys thanks guys Bye. mom deserves better than a drugstore card this mother's day surprise her with a truly special personalised card from moonpig Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.